So, Tyron, good to see you again. Um, you've asked a couple of questions. Let's take uh, it in order of, in, of less important and then, well, maybe not even the word important. Uh, we'll use the word frivolous about the past. So that you ask, why am I on YouTube? Or why am I on Skype? And basically the answer to that is because Achan Po has asked for me to. That Achan Po, you probably don't know, uh, is uh, the long-term abbot, I guess you could say abbot emeritus now, of Wat Suan Mok, which is one of the, it's not far from here. Uh, Uh, Watson and Mok is the home of Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa. And we could go right off into a whole long talk of Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa. But I hope that you get to know him because he's uh, easily understood to be the most important monk of the 20th century uh, in Thailand and has basically revolutionized Thailand by opening it up, the, the Sangha, that used to be tight and closed and within uh, a small group. But Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa's whole idea is, is let's make the real teachings of the Buddha, the real Dhamma, the super mundane Dhamma, that is uh, useful, valuable, and wholesome to every individual person but is not so wholesome for society and, and uh, gross national products and economies and pollutions and all that kind of stuff. And so those people who care about all of that kind of stuff really don't want the Dhamma out in public anyway. And so there's going to be a great deal of resistance to it uh, in all kinds of quarters. But the resistance that we have now is nothing like it was five, six, seven, eight hundred years ago. That in fact, Buddhism was just about wiped out because of the fact that it was absolutely liberating. And one of the things that it liberated people from was religion. Therefore, the religious people saw Buddhism as an enemy. And one of the ways that, uh, that even in modern warfare, you can either have a direct warfare and confrontation or you can have infiltration. So Buddhism has now been infiltrated by its enemy. And so that's very good for its enemy because now people are confused about what the real teachings of the Buddha are. And so, but it's not like that everybody is confused. There's quite a lot of people who know exactly what the Buddha taught and are living it happily. And so that is what Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa wanted to make public. And he got into trouble for it. And in fact, uh, he was censored in the following way of teaching the right things to the wrong people. But that happened back in the 1930s. And since then, it's just getting more and more open. And so under the auspices of the Dhamma becoming open and freely available to the people in Thailand, Achan Po is asked that that happen on the internet also in kind of the same format. 
because the Dhamma is always spread from one teacher to one student on a one-on-one or a one-on-two or one-on-three relationship. But a big, big uh, auditorium or a meditation hall full of students never gives the kind of, um, uh, let us say, focus that each individual student needs so that his questions can be answered. And even then, there's no guarantee that he's going to get it. So that and also in the Sangha within Thailand, there is an old system that uh, only when the student asks the right questions to the right teacher in the right time and place or the right setting, only when those three things were in place was the student actually going to get the right answers. Only when, and so Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa is beginning to change that. He says, no, people need to be able to hear without understanding the questions. And when they hear the answers, they'll begin to ask even better questions. And so it is time now. It's not so dangerous for us to let the super mundane Dhamma out to the world. And this is uh, uh, instructions from Achan Po. I would prefer just to sit here on the porch and lollygag and not have a problem in the world. But I'm on the internet, not having a problem on the world, lollygagging with friends. <laughs> okay. And so that's what's happening. So you're just a guest sitting on my porch. We're just friends. That's all there is. There's no um, top dog, underdog, teacher. Yeah. Uh, and student guru and uh, Sheila, we don't have any of that. It's just you and me. Okay, so that's the answer to that question, I hope, is that I'm on the Internet because I was asked to be on the Internet by my own teacher. And his and my, uh, let us say, both of my top two teachers. Okay. Okay. But most specifically from Achan Po. Uh, and so he's very much in, uh, aware of uh, the teachings and the fact that they're on YouTube and whatnot like that, though he's not all of the internet savvy because he's 93 now. Wow. And he's sitting on the other island over there, having a ball and lollygagging around with nothing to do and no place to go and enjoying his life. And the message is, is that others can do that, too, that we don't have to do up two, three, four, go do what you're told to do and, and hate it. And that's how most people live their lives. They go do what they're told to do and they resent it and they want freedom, but they don't know how to get it. Right. And the reason that they don't know how to get it is because they have started to talk to themselves in the same way that they were talked to by their parents and their parents' parents on back into time as things slowly have changed. In fact, society has gotten a whole lot better to the point that uh, humans have built a society that's way ahead of them. But the human mind is still way back 100,000 years ago. We still live in, in a jungle in the mind even though we've been able to build cities 
And the city is a city and the jungle is a jungle, but cities are called concrete jungle because all of the jungle monkeys <laughs> are the ones who are inhabiting the city now, and they don't recognize that they really don't have to be in a jungle anymore. They can sit down and relax. Well, that's so but, true. But our whole culture keeps telling us, Go do this. Go learn that. Learn your ABCs. Learn your one, two, threes. Go clean up your room. Do your homework. And so that kind of um, talking is the kind of talking we do to ourselves whenever we're talking to ourselves. He's talking about jobs that need to be done, things that happened in the past and whatnot like that. And most always those kind of thoughts are unwholesome. And so the object is not to bring the mind to stop, that this is something that has been mainly confused by a whole lot of ordinary people who um, don't understand the, the teachings of the Buddha. The Buddha was not so much about stopping the mind from thinking, but rather to get the mind to do what needs to be done. Not to shut it down, but to put it to work. That we want to have a mind that's fit for work. We don't want to stop thinking. We want to think correctly. So, so that's where so that's, that's where our conversation on on recognizing wholesome from unwholesome thoughts came into play. That's and you exactly captured the unwholesome right. thought. Uh, and you converted the unwholesome thought into two wholesome thoughts, I think, is what we talked about. That can be done, exactly. Yeah. Our whole stream of wholesome thoughts, one after another, after another, after another, is exactly the goal here. That the, that the Buddha has an analogy, and this analogy is in a sutta, number 19. And the name of the sutta is two kinds of thoughts. Guess what? Wholesome and unwholesome thoughts. And he describes what unwholesome thoughts are. Uh, and we come to understand that those unwholesome thoughts are actually just a full-on description of the second noble truth and are therefore also to be understood as the momentary arising of the hindrances. Okay, and so even though there's a lot of different words and languages and perspectives, we're still talking about the same issue. And that is that some thoughts are good, valuable, and wholesome and useful for us. Right. And then there are thoughts that are unwholesome, unvaluable, and unuseful for us. And that we should only seek this neutrality once we have it balanced, or that in fact we've gotten completely wholesome. So that if we go into neutral, the only place back to go is to wholesome. Normally when people practice meditation the way that they do, they ha have an object like noting or whatever like this, and they continue to note whatever it is. In fact, they're instructed to just note whatever it is that's going on. Well, guess what? That means that they're noting a whole lot of unwholesome thoughts as they're going on. It's almost like they intentionally go on vacation to inspect and get to know the city dump in their own mind. And so now here they are in their own city dump of their mind sorting garbage. <clears throat> And someday they begin to wake up to the fact that here I am surrounded by garbage and it becomes completely fearful 
completely, um, they become miserable, they go into a state of despair, all because all they've got is garbage in their life, because that's what they're looking at, and they're really good now at looking, right? That's the problem with many meditations, is the Buddha says that they're missing the first step. They go for the second. We always like that in, in the Western culture. We want more and more and more and more. We don't really get the solid foundation that we need before we go to the next step. And so that's always what happens with people uh, who are practicing meditation. It's like they're trying to build a building that's too tall, too many floors for the foundation and the structure that it has. So it keeps collapsing. It keeps collapsing. You know, they'll build it up like that and then whoop, and it'll collapse again because they don't have the foundation. And the very first part of the foundation is to get the mind so that it will have only the wholesome thoughts. Rather than trying to get rid of thoughts altogether, is to watch what thoughts there are there and to make sure that they're wholesome. Now, not all thoughts, in fact, are thinking thoughts <laughs> in the sense of verbal that in fact there is often a dialogue that's going on and only one side of the dialogue is verbal. The other side is uh, more of a feeling, kinesthetic, uh, we could even go so far as to call it emotional, as the language that it speaks, and it takes a mind moment or two to speak its say. So basically it goes like this, the dialogue is, you ought to go do this. And then the answer to that is the feeling of, uh, which actually is the feeling of, I don't want to do it. And then the next thought is, oh, yeah, but you got to go do this. This is important. You got to go write <coughs> that email or you got to go mail that package or you got to go to the bank or whatever, whatever, whatever. You got to go do it. You got to go do it. And the feeling inside is that I don't want to. And then you got to go do it. And then the next statement is, oh, all right, I'll go do it, but I don't want to, but I'll do it anyway. We literally talk ourselves into doing it, but we don't talk ourselves into joy at all. Right. All right. If we would instead use the mind to stop talking to ourselves about getting the job done that we don't want to do, and talk about getting the mind completely filled with joy. Then, joyfully, we can go do whatever it was or not. That in fact, the real issue is uh, in this moment, are you going to be joyful or unhappy? And most people think that the only decision they have to make is, am I going to do it or not? Okay, so we can see in fact like this, that on this side, do it. On this side, don't do it. And then we can see a bar like this. And on the bottom here, we have, I feel bad. And up here is, I feel good. Now, in this quadrant, guess what? They're independent in the sense that I can feel bad and not do it. Or I can feel bad and do it. And this is the place where most people live. Yeah. But we can also take and change the way that we feel intentionally by talking ourselves out of unwholesome bad thoughts into wholesome good thoughts. And now that we're up in a good state, we can now make the choice, do I not do it or do I do it? But in either case, I'm still going to feel good. I'm not going to go from I, I'm not doing it and I like it down to 
I am doing it, but I hate it again. No, we're not. No. Hello? Well, you're back. Can you hear me?